1: AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis.
2: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Federal workers being required to sign forms attesting they've been vaccinated. Greg Clugston explains. Under the newly unveiled policy, federal employees won't be following the honor system about their vaccination status. But they will instead be required to acknowledge that making a knowing and willful false statement on the form can be punished by fine or imprisonment or both. The White House is also requiring guests and journalists to sign forms attesting that they too have had their COVID-19 shots. Greg Clugston Washington. Taliban fighters continue to grab chunks of real estate in Afghanistan, taking control of much of the Kunduz province, including the governor's office and police headquarters. Taliban also taking control of the main prison building there as fighting continues near the city's airport. This is SRN News.
1: Carl Jackson isn't high on the infrastructure deal. Here's what you have to understand about infrastructure. If that becomes law, the left is winning but because they'll use infrastructure to get their way and change society. There are all types of left-wing goodies in that infrastructure bill. That becomes law. Law sticks. It's not an executive order. The Larry Elder Show with guest host Carl Jackson. Afternoons at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
3: Your forecast for today, we're looking at a chance of thunderstorms and a high of 81, moving into a mostly cloudy and a low of 69 for tonight. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 88, moving into a slight chance of thunderstorms and a low of 72. AM 1280 The Patriot, in partnership with Inspiration Tours, presents the Stand With Israel Tour. Embark with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on an extraordinary 10-day adventure through Israel. The Stand With Israel Tour, October 27th through November 5th. Join your fellow patriots by signing up today. Details at am1280thepatriot.com.
1: The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. here is The
5: Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, give us a follow and a like. And I do have the live stream up as well. I'm waving to the camera. We also have another comment thread there as well, if you'd like to leave a comment. And uh, as I mentioned in the uh, last segment, Daniel from Invergrove Heights was uh, calling in with a bunch of websites. So, Daniel, if you can go to our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page and post those websites uh, that you have for our listeners, I'd appreciate it. We didn't have long, we only had a couple of minutes to get to all of our calls, so we uh, running short on time. So apologize for cutting you off, uh, Daniel from Invergrove Heights, uh, but please call again. I'm going to take a little transition now, talk about some local issues here in our communities. And I've said it nauseam on this broadcast, if you want to make an impact in the uh, political arena, particularly elected office, uh, I get it. State legislatures and members of Congress, what have you, those get the sexy headlines. But the issues that affect you directly on a daily basis happen right there in your local communities. So school boards, city councils, what have you. That's where you really need to step up, uh, get involved. And uh, one such gentleman who has decided to step up is Matt Adet. He is running for Anoka Hennepin School Board this November in District 4, which includes areas in the cities of Ham Lake, Andover, Ramsey, which is, happens to be my home city, now then, and Oak Grove. We're going to talk a little bit about Matt, about uh, a little bit to Matt about the motivation for him uh, running and what his agenda is entails uh matt adet uh thank you for joining the northern alliance radio network today sir how are you
6: i am doing well and thank you for having me we
5: appreciate you uh joining the show as always i guess matt uh, let's get to know you a little bit uh who are you uh, stealing for a line from another show on this station who are you and why are you running
6: yeah great well uh who i am is uh in, in terms of our school district i'm a local guy um i was i was born and raised in andover Um, I I went to St. Francis High School. Um, Upon graduation from St. Francis High School, I I earned an Army ROTC scholarship to attend college. Um, That was a four-year scholarship, and I used it to attend the University of Notre Dame. Um, I graduated from there with a degree in finance. When I finished college, um, I I actually went on active duty in the Army for four years. I was an officer, um, and I served in the 3rd Armored Cavalry Regiment. I left the Army as a captain. Um, I, I joined the the, the business profession. Um, I eventually earned an MBA from the University of Minnesota at the Carlson School. Okay. And my my profession is is in supply chain and logistics, um, which is which is uh, especially these days all about uh, problem solving and and dealing with issues. And so uh, so that's what I do.
5: And I imagine uh, part of your motivation for running is uh, you have a, a couple of kids who go to school and see the issues that uh, affect them on a daily basis. Is that, uh, is that a fair assessment, Matt, Adette?
6: Uh, that is fair, yes. Um, I do have two children. that attend the Inoka Hennepin schools, and uh, they have the entire time. They're, they're in high school now. My oldest is a senior. My youngest is a freshman. And how I really got involved um, with all of this uh, was, was started last fall, um, as the schools were transitioning to distance learning, our school district in particular had announced that uh, all, acad- all athletics and extracurricular activities were going to have to stop as a result of going to distance learning. Uh, there was a group of parents that did not like that decision, um, and uh, they, formed, uh, they formed a group on Facebook, and I was a part of forming that. Uh, within about three days, over the course of one weekend, there were over 3,000 people in the group and um, it, it eventually grew to 6,000 people. And uh, we, we put our focus on to uh, first allowing the kids to continue with their extracurriculars, but eventually uh, we, we really drew our focus toward getting our kids back in school full-time. And we spent the better part of last year uh, battling that, trying to get our children back into school. Um, and, and from there, it became clear to me as a person who was leading that group in, in, in constant contact with hundreds of parents in the district, that, that our district needed a redirection. And as a, as a community, we talked about it a lot that that we needed to get somebody to represent our views on the school board. And um, I'm a person of faith. I prayed about it a lot. And ultimately I made the decision to, to make a run.
5: So as you're reaching out to uh, people within your district, obviously folks who are uh, going to be going to the ballot box, uh, this November, uh, you've got obviously you, you alluded to a Facebook page. that had several hundred, uh, several thousand members and some of the yep. issues that they're uh, bringing to the forefront uh, with everything that has been going on with you know a lot of the civil unrest, particularly here in the Twin Cities, kind of been a hub of that. Of course, you alluded to the pandemic and distance learning and the struggle some kids have had with that. Is there any one issue in particular that has kind of been on the forefront of, of folks' mind, Matt, or is it kind of a, a combination of a lot of issues that you just alluded to?
7: Well,
6: I think there's right now there's really two. Um, I would say the the single issue that, as I'm out at the county fair and various places talking to people is is concern over this critical race theory. Mm, okay. um, the, the community is 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 upset about what's happening with it, um, and they don't like it. Um, And uh, in addition to that, the other issue really just is concern over whether our kids are going to be back in school full time, um, you know, free of mask mandates, free of vaccination mandates and things like that. People, although our school district did announce that school would resume normally in the fall um, with this Delta variant over the past few weeks, um, I'm talking to people every day um, and the community is very worried that the district is going to reverse course and and You know, uh, either go to distance learning, or force masks, or force vaccinations, or other things. Has there been
5: so? I guess from the schools that your uh, kids attend themselves. I mean, how frequently are they giving you uh, updates? Because I imagine parents are going to want their fingers on the on the pulse. Given what happened with distance learning, some were very adamantly opposed to it. Uh, would love to have enough lead time to maybe make alternative plans if necessary. Well, given the school year is, you know, probably basically about a month away, uh, has the school district your kid's school in particular been keeping you giving you regular updates on how they're going to proceed, or is it just uh, the last word that they gave you several weeks ago is where it stands right now?
6: No, no, there have been uh, at least one update in between where they said that they are still intending to stay the course. Okay. Um, so, um, I think communication overall has been, has been pretty good, Good, but, um, but people are just watching the headlines and they're looking at what's happening around the country and they're concerned.
5: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So I guess, uh, talk to folks that, uh, you know, maybe some folks in our audience may not be aware. I mean, obviously they're aware of, uh, every district has a school board where, you know, parents, citizens come to, you know, maybe give testimony, share their concerns, uh, about schools. Uh, I guess what specific power do members of a school board have to implement within the school district so as to not, say, usurp uh, some things that go on amongst the administration of a school or, or teachers? I mean, kind of give us some insight of what uh, uh, what a uh, school board member Matt Odette might implement.
6: Uh, well you know one of the primary functions of a school board just is oversight of the of the district and its operation you know if you think of the superintendent really is the the CEO of the school district he's got a large staff um, he, he manages or he or she manages the day-to-day aspects of the school district but the board provides oversight the board sets policy uh, the board has the power to determine whether or not they're going to levy taxes on the on the community and um, and looks at things like curriculum and other things and so um, you know, it's an important role, but it's, it works in cooperation with, with the district leadership who ultimately runs the school district.
5: We again, uh, talking to uh, Matt Adet. He is running for uh, a school board in uh, Anoka-Hennepin, particularly District 4, which includes the areas of uh, cities of Ham Lake, Andover-Ramsey, now then, and Oak Grove. Uh, Matt, we have a, a couple of minutes remaining. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask where people can uh, reach out to you if people that live in that district uh, want to reach out support your campaign uh where are some of the best places to go particularly websites social media platforms uh that sort of thing
6: sure so i have a website it's it's dot 11com and folks can go there they can from there they can link to my facebook page uh but we do also have a facebook page um and which which works well to to get in touch with us and find out more about us and, and you can uh, donate to my campaign from there and do other things as well.
5: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, obviously uh, this is, um, you know, money isn't everything, but it is important, and certainly that is a, an important aspect of a, a campaign like this. Uh, Madam, I assuming this is the your first uh, foray into elected office or uh, campaigning? Uh,
6: yes, it is. Definitely uh, a first.
5: What are your general impressions thus far uh, running for elected office, uh, going out, reaching out to the folks, uh, constituent contact, that sort of thing?
6: Yeah, well, um, it's certainly a lot of work. um, And I I think I expected that, um, but it's lived up to to that expectation for sure. But um, I think among the most rewarding things really is the ability to, to have an impact on the community and to serve. I'm a person who's served in the community in the past, both, you know, as a volunteer locally and of course in the military and um, it is it it is just enjoyable to be able to get connected to the community and to hear their concerns and to feel like maybe there's a chance you can make a difference in a situation where many, many people feel that they can't.
5: Yeah, absolutely. A very noble cause, to be sure. And obviously, uh, we, we've heard so many candidacies, regardless of what office is, it's bo- kind of born out of... Uh, your own personal experience. If you're experiencing an, an injustice or something that isn't right, or you feel like you want to have more of a direct impact, this is certainly a positive step forward. So, uh, Matt Adet, we certainly uh, applaud you for taking this step forward, uh, putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Uh, best of luck uh, going forward on the campaign. We will definitely uh, monitor your campaign from afar. And, by the way, at my website, uh, org on the post-promoting today's show, I've also linked to Matt's website, so you can go there, kind of a one-stop shop to... Uh, Check it out. Uh, Matt, again, best of luck going forward. Appreciate your time today, sir, and uh, have a great rest of the weekend.
6: Thanks for having me, Brad. I appreciate it.
5: You bet. Thank you. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, back with another segment coming up in the program. Go nowhere.
1: Impact Mortgage Corp TV, a cash call mortgage, nmls One Two Eight Two Three One equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions.
0: What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota
8: Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association.
0: The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then, just three months later...
4: Well, extortion went Seven requested permission to take off.
0: A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others... Enter the Tangy Valley. That's all, Flash. you seen Flash? anybody
6: out there. We have a fallen angel. A fallen
7: angel. Roger.
0: Extortion 17, the provocative new film telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on SalemNow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? Was there a black box on board?
1: Every American should be taught about what happened in Extortion 17.
0: What really happened? The SEAL Team 6 that dreadful night. Fallen Angel. Extortion 17. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com.
1: You can listen to AM-1280, The Patriot, on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts.
9: This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device.
5: Welcome back, AM-1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network me, Brad Carlson. Hey, hey. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. That young boy you can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. And again, we do have our live stream up and running at Facebook. Go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and you have the uh, live video of the broadcast, where you can leave a comment or question as well. We'll uh, monitor all sites uh, as much as we can. And as always, we appreciate you. Uh, tuning in. Uh, I, um, see, let me. sorry, trying to, uh, I lost my, uh, my browser occasionally refreshes or reduces, and I don't know why. So I uh, apologize for that, folks. But um, I have a question, and I was going to get to this uh, last week. Obviously, I had a situation come up last Sunday where I couldn't do the show, but I'm back. So I had a question that uh, I was going to ask regarding uh, a story that came out a year ago. Whatever happened to Umbrella Man? Does anybody know? You remember Umbrella Man? A story. You know, I a story came out in July, at the end of July in 2020. So about a year ago, last week, there was a story that talked about a masked man who was seen in a viral video smashing the windows of a South Minneapolis auto parts store during the George Floyd protests, earning him the moniker Umbrella Man. And he's, expe- he's suspected of ties with a white supremacist group and sought to incite racial tension, police have said. And again, this is a story from last year, a little over a year ago. Star Tribune story. Uh, a Minneapolis police arson investigator said the act of vandalism at the auto zone on East Lake Street helped spark a chain reaction that led to days of looting and rioting. The store was among dozens of buildings across the city that burned to the ground in the days that followed. Uh, Here's a quote from Sergeant Erica Christensen. Uh, This was the first fire that set off a string of fires and looting throughout the precinct and the rest of the city. Until the actions of the person your affiant has been calling Umbrella Man, the protests have been relatively peaceful. The actions of this person created an atmosphere of hostility and tension your affiant believes that this individual's sole aim was to incite violence. Uh, police identified Umbrella Man thanks to a tip that came via email the week before. Okay, so what happened to him? Was he ever charged? Was he ever brought in for questioning? The story just kind of went down the memory hole, didn't it? But you know what it did? It got out a convenient narrative because when people saw in horror, the city of Minneapolis burning to the ground and you had Governor Walls and Jacob Fry blaming elements that live outside of Minnesota. Governor Walls even came out and said, well, wow, it was about 80% of people who don't even live here that were causing this chaos. And then he had to backtrack on it and later admitted, uh, Governor Walls later admitted himself, well, wow, I kind of got on ahead of my skis on that one. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that many that uh, of uh, uh, elements outside. You know, because because they want people to believe that Minnesotans aren't capable of this. Oh, this couldn't be our Minnesota. Our our loyal, rich, diverse citizens of the Twin Cities, that couldn't be them who could possibly do this. And then it devolved into, well, okay, yeah, it's people from here, but we have to understand their rage. Don't you dare call them thugs. Don't you dare call them vandals. We have to understand their rage. Okay, But yet it was blamed on Umbrella Man. And this was Thursday where Umbrella Man apparently smashed this window. But yet unrest continued. Then they took a break, cleaned up on Friday, and then Friday night they continued all over again. So we're supposed to lay that at the feet of Umbrella Man? I guess so. And how convenient a narrative is this? Because they always held up white supremacy as the boogeyman in all of this unrest. My friend and colleague Mitch Berg always says that Basically, white supremacists, KKK specifically, they have the political clout of your local bowling league. But yet they're constantly puffed up. And we know why that was. You know, Donald Trump was running running for re-election last year. So therefore, his constituency is basically white supremacists. And oh, look at this. They're raising and flaming tensions to further divide this country. We've got to get the evil Trump out of office. That was kind of the motivation behind it. So, again, I come back to this because we're at the uh, one-year anniversary of the Star Tribune story come out. Was this guy ever questioned? Serious question. If I've missed it, please tell me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm not trying to set up something here, a narrative. What what Was this guy ever brought in for questioning? And is this all you had to go on? Yeah, the guy with the umbrella dressed in all black, yeah, he was a white supremacist. Okay, based on what? Based on an email? That was sent, saying who this person was? That seems pretty thin to me, and I said it before. It seemed pretty thin then, although I did acquiesce to the fact that, well, you know, okay, maybe the left finally got there. they finally saw their Yeti, so to speak. Okay? this These white supremacists who carry out these atrocities, and it's never proven that... It, it, it were white supremacists. Okay, maybe now they have their yeti. But as far as I know, this guy has never brought, been brought in for questioning. He sure as heck has never been arrested. We would have been. We'd have known that. He should, Well, we may not have known that. May or may not have known that. But had he been charged with something, we would have known that. But they didn't charge him. Why? Because looking at a photo, there is no way you can tell who that person is dressed in all black with a black umbrella. No shot you can tell who that person is just by the photographic evidence. And I don't see how you can get any DNA from him touching the window or doing whatever because basically that autozone got burned to the ground, so there's no DNA evidence. But you know what it did? It satisfied a narrative. I saw it from a lot of leftists, friends of mine on Facebook, saying, well, there you go. There it is, the white supremacist. We were trying to tell you it was outside elements trying to cause chaos. It wasn't the citizens... You know, certainly no citizens would burn their own neighborhood. Well, there's the guy that incited it. Time to get rid of your denial. That's what I saw from a lot of my leftist friends on Facebook. You know, they they just were, were spoon-fed this story from the Star Tribune and regurgitated as in indisputable facts. Okay, then I ask again, why has this person never even been charged with anything? Because that's a serious charge, incitement, because it caused millions of dollars of damage due to the rioting and looting. But this person was never brought in. Why? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. I think it's pretty obvious. I laid it out for you. There's no way you can tell who this person is. But what evidence is there? I mean, the person that sent this email say, hey, I know who that person is. That's in the all-black garb walking around with an umbrella and doing this. It's such and such, and he's a white supremacist. So we're going to file some sort of affidavit, police report based on that. That that seemed awfully thin, and yet the Star Tribune splashes it in their newspaper. Now I get it; Star Tribune may not be the most uh, reputable newspaper. Okay, I, you know, I'm not as down as Star Tribune as maybe a lot of my listeners are. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, uh a lot of their opinion columnists are. Unapologetic and unabashed left-wing hacks. That's fine. There needs to be more diversity of thought. It doesn't make them bad people. They're just leftists, and they put it right out there. They're columnists. But some of the ways they report the news is still steeped in incredible bias. So I'll continue to read from the story just to kind of bring back the memory of it. The Star Tribune could not independently verify the police account, which has so far only surfaced in the search warrant and isn't naming the man because so far... He has not been charged with a crime. The man, who has a criminal history that includes com- convictions of de- domestic violence and assault, did not respond to messages seeking comment. So somehow the Star Tribune figured out who this person was. And, and again, it, I'm, I'm not saying the Star Tribune should have named him. That, that would be a little illegal if you named someone uh, that, has been, that hasn't been that has been charged with a crime as the criminal element in here, because that's a, that's a libelous lawsuit. Wrapped up in it in itself. I get that. But why have we heard nothing else about this? You know, this was memory hold about as effectively as Minnesota House Majority Leader Tinky Winky, a.k.a. Ryan Winkler, accusing that tanker truck driver of having a Confederate flag and white supremacist insignia on his truck when he almost ran over those protesters that were blocking 35W. That was memory hold pretty quickly, wasn't it? Just like this one. I I, I literally haven't seen anything more about this. And again, if there have been follow-ups to this, I will gladly correct the record, what I'm saying here. I will gladly come out and say, yeah, okay, turns out he was questioned on this date, and I regret the error. But I, I haven't seen anything. And I'm sure that would be splashed all over the place if he were charged with a crime, wouldn't it? But we're hearing nothing. We're seeing nothing. And it's a one-year, again, a little more more than a week past the one-year anniversary of this story because this propped up in my social media feeds because I shared this story uh, and it propped up my social media memories. Hey, on this date, you shared this story. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Whatever happened to Umbrella Man? Can can we not at least get a statement that comes out and says, yeah, we questioned the person um we just don't have enough evidence to charge the person doesn't mean he wasn't the one but we just don't have enough evidence which duh you're not going to get any evidence because it obviously was burned in the fire any potential dna or fingerprints as i said would have just gone up and literally gone up in smoke but yet this was put I don't know if it was a front page news story, but it was definitely a prominent story that was shared all over again. My social media feed was was flooded with uh was flooded with a story, particularly progressive apologists. Ah, see, yeah. Here we go. Time for you Trump supporters and whoever else to start to, uh, you know, peel back the wool from your eyes. Here it is, right there. Okay? And then if you and I, I have a feeling a lot of my leftist friends who share this story didn't even read it because had they read it even they would have had to give a tacit admissions like well that's pretty thin you know good luck coming up with any evidence because any surveillance cameras would have shown the guy wearing all black and there's just no way you'd be able to identify this person so uh again just a little more than one year past uh the story of umbrella man And I'm seeing absolutely nothing in terms of follow-up, hearing absolutely nothing in terms of follow-up. But if you have, please send me the story, and I'll be glad to correct the record, because I am genuinely curious what happened to this person, Uh, because I'm hearing nothing. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
4: and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team
6: will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home, while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith
1: Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp, 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licens mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to edmundsconsumeraccess consumer org or corporate edmunds number thirteen thirty. Equal Housing license Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
0: Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help, and your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a t- Tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now.
1: 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 That's 800-884-9018 Welcome back,
4: AM
5: 1280, The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson Thanks for tuning in 651-289-448 is the number to call Seems my life. You can also uh, check in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, continuing to cover some uh, local stories here this hour, I want to welcome to the broadcast longtime friend of the broadcast, Jeff Kolb. He uh, served on the City of Crystal's uh, City Council back from 2015 to 2019. Uh, Jeff, within the past uh, few weeks or so, he and his wife have decided to, uh, on behalf of of the city of Crystal, put together a fundraiser in tribute to a young man by the name of Barway Collins. If you remember the Barway Collins story uh, back in 2015, this 10-year-old boy was found uh, dead in Minneapolis, and it turns out uh, his father had murdered him. Just an awfully sad story that shook the community of Crystal, and Jeff and his wife decided to undertake a little tribute to this young boy, uh, an opportunity to... uh highlight this uh, young life that was snuffed out well too soon in um, at a local park near where he lived. I thought a wonderful tribute. It's gotten some play on some local news as well, and uh, we want to bring Jeff on to tout a little bit and maybe give you, the listeners, an opportunity uh, to weigh in on this as well. Uh, Jeff Kolb, always good to have you on the broadcast, sir. How are you
7: today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, Brad.
5: You bet. Uh, I guess, uh, Jeff, uh, as I alluded to a little bit, uh, you and your wife, uh, you've appeared on uh, uh A couple of local outlets, particularly Channel 9 News, touting this fundraiser. Um, Why don't you kind of expand a little bit uh, on this? Uh, I kind of gave the particulars a young boy by the name of Barway Collins back in 2015. Very sad story. I know that shook your community. But um, here it is, five, six years later, you decided to uh, spring in the action. What was kind of your, I guess, uh,
7: motivation behind
5: this, Jeff Kolb?
7: Sure. Uh, So as you mentioned, you know, uh, the the kind of the tragedy surrounding Barway happened in 2015. Uh, I was elected in 2014, sworn in in 2015. So Barway disappeared in March. I took office in January. So it was really one of the first things that happened um, of any consequence when I was on the city council in Crystal. And it was something that, you know, that really brought our community together you saw kind of from the from the shared tragedy you saw kind of the best of the community come out there were you know i i don't think it's an exaggeration to say hundreds of members of the community involved in you know um the search efforts for barway and vigils for barway and things you know it was just as you as you mentioned a tragic, very tragic case. And we're not focusing on the tragedy here. We're focusing sure. on, um, the life of the child. And so I always kind of had in the back of my mind, an idea that we should do something as a community to, to honor the, to honor Barway. And, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath, the, the it, it was all a little too raw, too soon. Sure. Um, but, you know, uh, my wife and I uh, both take a very strong interest in the parks in Crystal. My wife has been on the Parks Commission in Crystal for uh, over 10 years now. And we just spent a lot of time and money um, revitalizing the park. Uh, that's kind of our, the crown jewel of our park system in Crystal, which is called Becker Park, uh, located um, by the Target in Crystal. So it's kind of in a um, commercial area instead of a residential area um, and it's it's just, you know, we we built a fully um uh adaptive or um accessible uh playground so you know um children uh in wheelchairs and with mobility um that who struggle with mobility can play on the playground and it's just been a great um uh thing for our community. You know, Barway lived in the apartment building that was adjacent, um, literally borders the park. So this would have been Barway's park. It would have been the place where he would have played um, had he gotten the opportunity to. And unfortunately, he never got to see the park. So um, when the park was kind of the grand, after the grand opening of the park, um, after some discussions with Aaron, my wife, and and other members of the community, we kind of came up with, well, this would be a great place for... Some kind of memorial, and then we talked about what kind of um, form it would take and then uh, this year, we were on a mini vacation in Florida and in a park there, and saw a park with that had a bunch of uh, bronze statues that were donated by a local artist and kind of oh. that 's when the light bulb went off, and we decided you know it was a really great you know fun bronched statues of kids playing in the park. And that's really the kind of feeling we're going for here is more, you know, it's not a, it's it's not a sad memorial. It's not, um, you know, this is not meant to focus on the tragedy. It's just, uh, it's a, the idea is to focus on, you know, the park, and it's a park for everyone. And it's a, a, a great place for the community to gather and and honoring a child that unfortunately didn't get to experience the park, but we'd like to think that he would have enjoyed it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, obviously this it was terrific that you got some exposure early on. Obviously you took to Twitter first and foremost and other social media platforms and then some local news uh, caught on to it as well. Uh, I know there's a GoFundMe page out there, Jeff. Uh, how are we looking uh, so far today? I know we're a few weeks into this thing. Uh, you had some pretty good early response, if I remember correctly.
7: I, you know, uh, uh, Brad, I have been blown away by the amount of support that came um, that, that that's come out in favor of this uh, of this project. I've, I've just been just been astounded. Um, we. Uh, we had an an initial goal of $15,000. I expected Crystal is blessed to have, you know, a, a number of very generous um community groups. We have um the VFW, we have Alliance Club, we have uh the fire department has a, a relief association for the fire department um that donates a lot to things in the community. And my thought was that I might be able to get about five thousand dollars or so from small donors or um, kind of online donations, and then I'd have to go to those community groups to kind of fill in the rest of that gap and we have um, we are just shy of fifteen thousand dollars in small dollar donations online at this point um, the the donation the response has been overwhelming um, it's been really amazing to see um and so we, we've done – we're very, very close to our goal. And unfortunately, there's some things kind of happening on the back end in terms of uh, bids coming in a little higher than we expected. You know, the price of bronze is actually higher than um, wow. than – lately because of uh, some of the covid related things and some sure. of the um some of that so i think we're going to be we're going to be a, the total is going to be a little bit over what we had planned for but i think we're going to fundraise for a little bit over what we had planned for when it's all said and done so i think we're going to be right there where we need to be
5: fantastic yeah folks and if you uh if any of my audience members are more interested in this project you can just go to uh, gofundme.com that's gofundme dot com and just you know do a search for Barway Collins B A R W A Y uh, Collins uh, and I've also linked to it by the way at my blog BradCarlson dot org I've linked to it there so you can click on that link and go right there and yeah I'm I'm a numbers guy Jeff Kolb, and uh, you're just a little more than ninety uh, percent of the way to your fifteen thousand dollar goal so anything we could do here obviously with our audience and whatnot to uh, put you over over the top yeah we definitely want to do so um, I guess beyond that Jeff reaching out to social media, getting on, getting your face out there in the news and and, and spreading the word about this uh, fundraiser. Uh, has there been any, any other things that you've done within the community? Because if you, as you've alluded to, a tight-knit community, this is something that kind of brought the community together. Um, has there been any, anything else? Have you handed out flyers? Have you just gone to the park, talked to folks about it? I mean, what other kind of outreach, I guess, have you done?
7: You know, uh, we – neither Aaron nor I have ever done anything like this before, right? We've never gone out and tried to just solicit donations from the community. So we had no idea what to expect. And so we kind of thought, let's see what we can get from, let's go out onto our social media networks and get some things, see if we can get some news coverage and see where that puts us. And then we were going to talk about kind of what the next phase was. Um, And uh, again, we were so overwhelmed with, the amazing response that um, outside of there 's a uh, a local um, uh, boutique distillery here in New Hope that has reached out to us and wanted to put together a fundraiser, and I think we 'll do that. Oh, I should mention it if we end up um, if we end up raising more than we end up needing any excess funds will go to um, scholarships in Barway's name at our local uh, parks and recreation department so that kids who couldn't necessarily afford to take one of our recreation programs during the summer could um, apply for a scholarship and then, and take those programs. So any, any overrun we have, will go there. So we're going to do, I think that one event. And then my son who is very sweet, he's seven years old. He'll be eight in a couple of weeks. um, Really, really wanted to go door to door. um, God bless him. Wow. (laughs) I talked him. I kind of talked him out of that, but he kind of he. We negotiated down to a lemonade stand, so he'll be doing a lemonade stand here in the next uh, uh, one of these weekends. Once we get the schedule worked out, he really wants to help out and um, and have you know and be part of this. So, which that was really fantastic to see as well yeah
5: i love it and 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 obviously kids wanting to uh to get involved in this capacity i mean uh you know like you said jeff you certainly don't want to be reminded of the uh, tragedy that was uh young boys uh passing but uh in this certainly you're you're making some good out of it, and obviously kids are exposed to a lot these days and the fact that uh you can kind of instill this uh, compassion in them in, uh, in, in a place where they play. I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. So uh, we appreciate that. Once again, folks, uh, just go to GoFundMe.com, do a search by Barway Collins' name, or go to my blog at BradCarlson.org. I've linked to the GoFundMe page there as well and we'll definitely uh keep updated on this and um hopefully we can uh, get you put over the top and like i say any excess funds are going to go to a good cause folks nothing nefarious is going to go on uh going to scholarships to help out the kids who otherwise can't afford these recreational programs i think that's a wonderful thing wonderful added component to this uh jeff appreciate the time as always sir kudos again to you and your wife uh for your compassion and putting this together we appreciate it and we'll definitely uh Keep our listeners updated on the progress of this. Uh, that's That's sure. Have a great day.
7: Thank you. You too, Brad. AM
5: 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up this hour or on the whole broadcast. Go nowhere. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.
3: Look at all these options.
1: You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com.
6: In today's world, time is precious, and Thunderbird Aviation is here to save it by offering world-class charter services for you to avoid planning an entire travel day for a two-hour flight. Skip the airport trips and long security lines by chartering a flight to your next family or business destination. Thunderbirds Charter Flights allows you to avoid crowded airports and adjust your departure. Visit ThunderbirdAviation.com to request a quote or email charter at ThunderbirdAviation.com today.
0: There is an answer to the mess we are in today in this country. There's a reason so many young people are being led astray. We have to fight back and protect the country we know and love. There's one who knows the way out of this mess. Charlie Kirk has the answer. He's relentless. He will not stop till he reaches every person who will hear. Listen to him every day, everywhere you find podcasts. The Charlie Kirk Show, now on a podcast near you.
8: This is Alex Hartman, real estate agent at Remax Results and resultsbyalex.com, and I'm a Patriot listener just like you. Fake news swirls around us every day, but here is one current concrete fact. The real estate market is out of balance. There are generally way more buyers than there are sellers. If you have a property to sell, now is an ideal time. To maximize your profit, contact me today. My 38 years of experience is your assurance of a smooth transaction. And unlike one of those large real estate teams, when you contact me, you'll be working with me and only me from start to finish. So if you like the idea of working with a fellow loyal Patriot listener, if you like the idea of working with one real estate agent from start to finish, if you like the idea of working with an agent with decades of experience, then please contact me today. 651 334 5000. That's 651 334 5000. Or go to resultsbyalex.com. Together, We will maximize your profit.
1: Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. Wake up with The Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at AM 1280ThePatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at AM 1280ThePatriot.com. Welcome
5: back, AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network me, Brad Carlson. Thanks all, so for tuning in.
2: Jacob was a dirt poor farm
5: boy. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Uh, I was remiss I didn't get to a caller comment. A caller uh, called in, uh, want to leave comments off air. Excuse me, says uh, leadership in red states are being bullied into compliance by the White House while they have an incredible influx of unvaccinated illegal immigrants uh yeah that's that's an issue certainly down in texas at the border down there you have a lot of unvaccinated migrants coming in and the white house press briefings have basically danced around that particular issue i think jen saki one day said wow we're giving them masks you know as if all these people clustered together wearing a mask is going to be a preventative measure i don't know and again um I don't know if there's there's a program to get these uh, people vaccinated while they're waiting here. The problem is, is that if they come in at points of entry, ports of entry, that they can make an asylum claim. These migrants saying they're fleeing their country because of, you know, uh, civil unrest or starvation or tyrannical government or whatever. And then they have to show up at a court hearing to present their case if they are able to seek asylum. The problem is, is that when their court date is set, they say, okay, okay, be sure to come back on this date for your court hearing. They don't show up. They're just lost wherever in the system. And if they've got COVID, yeah, all the worse, particularly than when they're in unvaccinated areas. But um, again, the vaccine is the one thing that has been proven to really stem the tide of this pandemic. And I know I've got a number of listeners who are not going to get the vaccine for whatever reason. And, uh, I certainly, that's your decision. You know, I don't believe in, in mandating it, but facts are what they are. Uh, the vaccines are seeming to be stemming the tide of this, and uh, this Delta variant certainly wreaking havoc amongst the unvaccinated. Early evidence are showing that the vaccinated people thus far are not being having as severe infections. Um, but again, uh, the, as everything, there's an evolving study, so we hope, certainly hope and pray for the best and hope and pray that the worst is behind us. But I wanted to circle back on this issue of COVID because I didn't get a chance to get to this in the first hour. Uh, this is New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Uh, cut number four, this is an announcement he made regarding vaccination
2: status in his city. So today I announce a new approach, which we're calling the Key to NYC Pass. The key to New York City, when you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. This is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's going to open up to you. You'll have the key. You can open the door. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. The only way to patronize these establishments indoors will be if you're vaccinated, at least one dose. The same for folks in terms of work. They'll need at least one dose. This is crucial because we know that this will encourage a lot more vaccination. We've seen it already. We've seen the impact of the mandate we've been put in place for city workers already starting to move people to vaccination. We've obviously seen the positive impact of incentive as well. The goal here is to convince everyone that this is the time. If we're going to stop the Delta variant, the time is now. And that means getting vaccinated right now. This new policy will be phased in over the coming weeks. So we've been working with the business community, getting input. We're going to do more over the next few weeks. The final details of the policy will be announced and implemented in the week of August 16th. So over the next couple of weeks, getting more feedback. Finalizing the policy, publishing it, and beginning to implement it. Okay, well, we'll stop then right spend there. most yeah, of
5: them. We don't need to go into more logistics of that. So, yeah, uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, the key to NYC pass. So, it's a vaccine requirement for workers and customers. This includes indoor dining, indoor fitness, indoor entertainment, and performances. It's going to launch on August 16 and enforce September 13. So, I guess, again, how is that scientific? Basically, it's going to be allie allie oxen free for the next week. People could run around with COVID, but um, come August sixteenth, then that's where it, uh, that's where this vaccine requirement goes into place. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I that I noticed. We've talked a lot about legislatures, particularly in Florida. Georgia, Texas—you know—Republican legislatures passing uh, voter, not not voter, uh, addressing uh, legislation or passing legislation addre- uh, addressing voter irregularities. The left disingenuously calls it voter suppression or Jim Crow 2.0, or the president in his bumbling, doddering way called it gin. This is worse than Jim Crow than Jim Eagle, whatever that means. So for all the crowing, pardon the pun about GOP state legislatures passing laws addressing voter irregularities, basically saying that it's disenfranchising minorities and aimed at minorities and disproportionately aimed at minorities? How about a big city mayor like New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio issuing a mandate discriminating against blacks and Hispanics? That's much more reminiscent of Jim Crow, isn't it? What am I talking about? As of last week, and this is a Bloomberg.com, their COVID vaccine tracker in New York City, 33% of black citizens in New York City. So one out of every three black citizens has been vaccinated. Hispanic, less than half, 44.7%. So the majority, so this vaccine requirement is going to impact the majority of people, of black people and Hispanic people. Now, Asian people, the majority have been vaccinated, 77.2%. White people, it's nearly half. It's about 48%. So technically, a majority of white people, too. But it's, gonna, it's going to disproportionately affect blacks and Hispanics in New York City. And you want to talk about But yet, this isn't being touted as Jim Crow. And this flies in the face of a lot of narratives because it's the it's those uh, it's it's those inbred southern people, as as how progressives call them, that aren't getting vaccinated and causing all and wreaking all this havoc for the rest of us. And Ron DeSantis, as I as I talked about ad nauseum in the first segment, he's kind of been the whipping boy. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida for a low, even though their vaccination numbers are not dramatically different than from many other states. In fact, uh, let me, well, I I can even, I can look at those quick. But yet, we have the majority of blacks and Hispanics in Florida, or excuse me, New York City, not vaccinated. Okay, Hispanics, it's like 44% in New York City have been vaccinated. In Florida, it's 43.7%, hardly any different where it's about a third have been vaccinated. And I got to go, folks. Time's up. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Tell me
9: why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son, founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right. Designed to heal. And now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick. Start now. Discount it to only 1995 to see if it will work for you, too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com.
3: Hey there. Remember me? I'm Tasha with Forever Cleaning. Here to ask, aren't you tired of cleaning your office? Did you know that when you do it yourself, you are taking precious time away from doing all the things you really enjoy? Like spending time with the family or spending the day doing absolutely nothing at all. Or better yet, taking advantage of that fishing license you keep buying every year but never seem to find the time to use. Imagine this. You getting your hooks wet, catching some dinner, and leaving the cleaning to us. Forever Cleaning aims to provide top quality service that includes trash removal, break room bathroom disinfecting, dusting, mopping, and more. So what are you waiting for? Call us today at 763-807-9817 to schedule your walkthrough. Or visit forevercleaning.com. That's the number 4, EVRcleaning.com. And if you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first three months of service. So remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range Celebrating two decades on air. This is a...